uh, any time America's team loses, America wins. Whoever moved the Chip Kelly smoothies he had in Philly back in the day that always kept people healthy out of the building needs to be fired. <laughs> I'll pretty much root for anybody that plays against the Yankees, to be honest. Hello, everybody. This is Justin back for another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies. I am joined by my career co-host, Jared Miller. How are you doing today, Jared? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, Justin. Career is a pretty strong word. Uh, I, are, are you making money off this? Because I'm not. Oh, no. I'm not making money off of this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know, it was kind of a rough week. Uh, as far as football goes, Seahawks lost. The old fantasy team lost. I, I don't know what you're talking about. There was no football this week. Not that I saw. I, I can completely subscribe to that line of thinking. So you already ruined my joke. I was just going to be like, oh, Jared, what are we going to talk about today? There wasn't any football. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, it was a rough one for our teams, but I think it was probably yeah. rough for you. <laughs> yeah. Are we just going to start with that? Uh, we Let's can. go ahead and start with our upset and upsetting game of the week because my upsetting game was the Buccaneers Saints game. Oh, we're just diving right in. Let's go. Yep. Oh my gosh. I don't particularly want to talk about it for too terribly long. It was just a crap show. It was a big poopy crap show from point A to point B, from sideline to sideline. The coaching, it was just all bad. I feel like we we just took last you know between our game from last week to this week i feel like we just took it off and no one was ready it it was just it was so bad yeah you know i didn't watch a ton of it i was keeping up on the score and it seemed like every time i checked the phone it was like a mariners game it just got worse and worse and worse and uh that's tough, and it's tough to lose like that to anybody, but especially to a division rival and a division rival that is probably going to be your biggest competition down the stretch. Yeah, and the Saints have a fairly easy rest of their schedule, um, and we've still got the Kansas City Chiefs coming up. So not that it necessarily blew our chances to take the division, but this basically blew our chances to take the division. Yeah, it's tough when you lose twice in the same year. Yeah. I mean, right now, the Saints are 6-2. and two. We're 6-3 and three, um, because of how the bye weeks worked out. But the Saints won against the Bears where we lost against the Bears. Um, and going forward next week, the Saints play the Niners, who are very injury-prone. They still have – both of us still have the Falcons twice. They have the Eagles and the uh, Broncos, Vikings, Panthers, and then in week 15, they face the Chiefs. And I don't know about you, Jared, but barring maybe the division games and the Chiefs, for sure, most of those should be a fairly easy schedule for, for the Saints. Yeah, they should be. You know, like you said, outside of the division, especially, um, I don't know. It's tough. And for you guys, uh, I, I would say this is my upsetting game too, actually. But uh, for you guys, I would say the one silver lining is I don't know who you play this next week, but 
you've got a coach who's going to get this thing right. Bruce Arians is not going to stand for uh, that kind of performance. No. And that's, yeah, Bruce Arians. um, Although there's been some press saying that he, he kind of blamed Brady's throws, which I don't quite believe because from what I've seen, Arians is taking quite a bit of the responsibility um, and Arians is Arians knows his offense is, is prone to turning over the balls, the balls, the ball <laughs> um, sometimes. Cause it's a risk it for the biscuit scenario. And so, you know, it was a really bad week, but that's, I, I'm just trying to take it that, you know, teams have bad weeks. Oh yeah. I know it. Yeah, do you want to talk about the Seahawks here for a second so we uh, can stop talking about the Bucks? <laughs> I was just going to offer. I was just going to offer so you weren't suffering alone here. Actually, um, let me tell you what I, I noticed. Because Jameis Winston did, in fact, play in the Saints game. I believe he had one pass, which he completed. All right. But it's I, ironic that the day that Jameis Winston comes back, normally good quarterbacks such as uh, Tom Brady and Russell Wilson tried to do their best Jameis Winston impression. Do you do you think he puts some uh, – he's down there in New Orleans now. Do you think he puts some New Orleans voodoo out there? I think he may have. May have Honestly, hex- like, he could have on Tom Brady. <laughs> put some uh, put a hex on our quarterbacks? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, something happened to Russell Wilson, man. Um, you know, some – Again, a pretty off day for him in terms of picks. Uh, he still threw for a lot of yards, and he kind of filled up the stat sheet even though we lost. You know, we still dropped 34 points, but that's kind of been the story of the Seahawks this season. Uh, the offense has never been the problem. You know, the fact that we allowed 44 to Buffalo, not saying Buffalo's a bad team at all. I was really impressed by them, but our defense is just – non-existent man it's like vapor back there there's nothing you know Carlos Dunlap played his first game for us since coming over from Cincinnati and he actually looked all right he had a couple uh big plays sacked Josh Allen once got some tackles behind the line of scrimmage but man if we don't do something on our defense we're not going to go very far we cannot rely on the offense to bail us out week after week no and we we've talked about this we know this and honestly I think this this win to me says more about the bills as a legit contender than it does about the Seahawks having issues. Cause we've known about that. Mm-hmm. But if you look at what, who the bill, the bills have played, and this is kind of ca- called the bills into question for me, their two toughest opponents prior to this have been the chiefs and the Titans, both of which they did lose to the Titans. They lost by quite a lot. Do you remember the score of the Titans game? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I want to say Tennessee dropped like f- at least 40 on them. Yeah, 42 to 16. Yeah, that okay. Yeah. Chiefs was a lot closer, but other than that, they haven't had super tough competition. You know, they had the Rams, who that was a tough victory for them. They only won by three. And then the Jets and Dolphins and Raiders, who, and again, I, I do think the Raiders are kind of a sleeper giant killer, but they're not, they're not the scariest team. I should yeah, say they're not top tier for yeah. sure. But the way that the bills play the Seahawks shows to me that I think the bills are legit this year. 
and not not that they I didn't think they were before, but it kind of cemented it for me. I completely agree. And if I can just say something um, just in line with Josh Allen, uh, I've known this before, but just watching that whole game and watching him play that that dude is more athletic than he looks. Absolutely. Like, like he doesn't look like somebody that should be able to do the things he does in the pocket. And he was doing his best Russell Wilson impression against us on mm-hmm. Sunday. And I was like, I, I couldn't be mad. And I was duly impressed by him. And this was a game that I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the show before that from really the minute the Seahawks schedule came out, I was worried about it. And I kind of chalked this one up to be a loss. So I'm not surprised by it. I can't really be too upset about it. Like I am upset with the way our defense looks right now. I really do think Seattle needs to fire Ken Norton because that's, that's not working. And I know Pete Carroll has some unwavering faith in him for whatever reason, but if this was, if this wasn't the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, I don't know what will be. So yeah, uh, I kudos to Buffalo, man. They're, they're the real deal this year. And I mean, I would be afraid if I had a team in the AFC that might have to play them in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting looking forward at Buffalo's schedule. I'm actually fairly excited for when they play the Steelers in week 14. The Steelers are as of currently the last undefeated team in the league. And they do look breakable to me. Uh, yeah. They had a little bit of a barn burner against Dallas. So yeah. Um, and you know, uh, I've, I've seen Steelers fans online, uh, especially, uh, urinating tree who makes YouTube videos, awesome YouTube videos. Love them. And he, he always says that the Steelers play down to their competition. Um, fortunately they also play up, it seems like, but I digress. Um, and they definitely did that against Dallas. That was a, another upsetting game to watch. Yeah. But Dallas Dallas has its limitations by the situation that they're in. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly said. Um, let's talk about our upset game though. Uh, sure. Who do you want to go first? You want me to take it? Um, yeah, I actually, I'll go first. Um, I think my upset game is actually going to be the dolphins and Cardinals. Good Lord. Me too. <laughs> That's. And I've got to hand it. I'd a round of applause for you, Mr. Tungavailoa. You played a hell of a game. My gosh. I, I Kyler mean, Murray yeah. also played an amazing game. Don't get me wrong. But this is what? The second week that Tua has started, correct? Yeah, this is his second week starting. The way he played that game is such a strong promise to what his NFL career can be. Mm-hmm. I think we've said before that Joe Burrow is the real deal. If Tua can continue playing like this, he is absolutely the real deal as well. Yeah. I, I was very, very impressed. Yeah. You know, we both talked a couple weeks ago how we were a little bit unsure of Miami's decision to just kind of knee jerk name him the starter. And uh, it seems to be the right decision so far. Obviously, um, no, you know, uh, discredit to Fitz magic and all he's done. Oh, not at all. But I've, Tua, I've talked about how much I love Fitz magic. Yeah. Two is their future though. Like it's clear. And uh, they were ready to go with him now. 
once again, that proved to be the right decision. Miami don't look now, but they're five and three. I know they're, they're sitting firmly in a wild card spot as we speak. And they've now beat, they played all four NFC West teams. They beat three of them. Now, mm-hmm. of course the only one they didn't was us, but they still gave us a scare. And the NFC West is considered by many to be one of the toughest divisions in football this year. And they just beat three out of four of them. So I think Miami could really be a giant killer too. You know, I like agree. You talking about with the Raiders. So the AFC is, could have some surprises in this year's playoffs man i i am exceptionally excited to see the afc side of the playoffs this year i think it is going to be a fun playoff runs for some of these teams um i will say though there's some five win teams in here that i think are much stronger than others mm-hmm. the dolphins and the raiders i think are quite strong five win teams the colts and the browns not as much. I think they're both good, but the Colts at least, man, Phillip Rivers has been off lately. The, the the Colts, especially the Colts, but the Browns too a little bit, although they didn't play this last week. They're both very suspect still. Like you don't know what you're going to get week in and week out with those exactly. two. And that's not a formula for a uh, long run in the playoffs. You no. need to be consistent. And you know, I give it to the Colts. They did play Baltimore this week, but still. You but know, Baltimore even, they didn't look that good this weekend. You know, I think the game that's really going to be telling is Thursday night's game with the Colts and the Titans. Because whoever wins that game is going to have a, you know, firm spot in the driver's seat in the AFC South. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I just right now, I think the Titans are probably going to win it. So, I I don't imagine that the Titans can lose it. Obviously, nothing is certain. Um, and a good leader, and Philip Rivers, Rivers is at least an experienced leader, can bring the most out of his team. I've said this before about Tom Brady. But barring that, Rivers needs to be on point. He's thrown – we didn't talk on the podcast because it didn't exist yet. We talked together about Philip Rivers last year. He was – he was looking bad. He made bad passes, and he he's, I think, a little bit better this year. Actually, I would say more than a little bit better, but he's still making bad passes. Uh-huh. And this is what? Rivers umpteenth year in the league? Oh, 16 or 17, something like that. Man, you can't be making those kind of passes. No. I mean, at this point, when you're one of the veterans of the league – yeah, and I mean, this is something that's plagued him his whole career, though, and we've talked about this before, both on and off the show, that, you know, he's been part of some of these Chargers teams that have just been phenomenal regular season teams, and then he and everybody else, it seemed, choked it away in the playoffs year after year. For the quarterbacks of his, of their, of his experience, who do we've got? We've got Phillip Rivers, we've got Tom Brady, we got, oh, Drew Brees, um, yep. And, and that's more or less that, it for that that generation. Eli Manning's retired. Yeah. Um. Um. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, that is about it. Oh, I think of Eli because of his tie to Philip Rivers. Um. I mean, Peyton Manning's retired too. I, yeah, you know, he's kind of that last ben, ben Roethlisberger, I guess. But Aaron Rodgers, I guess you count in there too. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, there's there's a handful of them left, but this Rivers is really the only one of the but, ones left that doesn't yeah. have the hardware. Yeah, he he he's the only one of that group that does not have a ring. And so it brings up the question how good is Philip Rivers? How much of it is the team and the coaching staff he's had around him and how much is him? Yeah, I mean I I think the I best, think he is good. Obviously think, he's several years starter in the NFL and I yeah. mean several but I think the better question be how is how great is Philip Rivers? Yeah, I think there's there no questioning go. that he's good but you know there comes a point where you know the greatness has to take over and he's nearly never had that moment in his career and I'm not saying that that moment's going to come um Thursday night against the Titans but it is a big game. It's a big mm-hmm. game for both those teams and I think whoever wins it especially if Tennessee wins it is probably going to end up taking the AFC South this year. So we'll see what he can do. Thursday night football it's going to nope. be probably one of the rare Thursday night game so far I've been excited for this season so <laughs> yeah they have not exactly been the best lineup as we talked about yeah. yeah um yeah but that's the upset and upsetting games for us I suppose and that's yeah and I think that'll serve as a good transition since we were talking so much about kind of the playoffs or at least the teams that are looking to be in them right now um I'm sure you saw the NFL just approved to expand the playoffs this year to 16 teams, if necessary, if they have to postpone and cancel future games because of COVID, uh, they want to make the playing field as fair as they possibly can. So they opted to possibly have a playoff bracket where we have eight teams from each conference go in. I think that's smart. Um, We've seen other sports have an expanded playoff to deal with COVID. And I think it's worked pretty well. And it's even given some teams that may not have made it some chances to shine and show what they're really made of. Sometimes you don't see a team's true potential until they're in the playoffs. hundred percent. And I love, I want our listeners to remember what you just said right there, because in our last segment, we're going to get to college football. And I want to talk about some stuff that has to do with that playoff, but yes, I completely agree with what you said. Uh, It's a good idea, at least for this year. Now, if we'll remember, the NFL already expanded the playoff by one spot uh, permanently going into this year. So there, you know, there was going to be seven teams on each side make it. So this is really only adding one more. Um, Mm -hmm. And I kind of took the liberty to look at the standings and see what those playoff matchups would be right now if it started. And I'll just reel them off real quick for you. And there are some interesting ones. Uh, you know, your one seed would play your eight, your two, your seven, and so on down. So uh, in the AFC, the one seed Pittsburgh would play Cleveland, the eight mm. seed. Uh, Kansas City as a two would play Miami. Buffalo, the three would play Las Vegas. And four and five would be Tennessee versus Baltimore, which I think those are all really intriguing matchups. Yeah, they are. I, I can't. I can't say any of those games I would call either way right now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the Steeler-Brown game, but still, that's a divisional matchup. They play each other ch- tough basically every time. Yeah, which, I mean, except earlier this year when Pittsburgh kind well, of blew the hits off. We, we don't talk about that. <laughs> but And then in the NFC, uh, you got some good ones too. Uh, the one seed right now is New Orleans, and they would play Chicago. Seattle at two would play the Rams, who we actually have to play this weekend. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's going to be rough. Uh, Green Bay at three would play Arizona at six, and then four and five would be Philly and your boys, Tampa. Oh, oh, I feel pretty good about that matchup. (laughs) You know, as someone who played the Eagles in the playoffs last year, uh, an Eagles team that wasn't exactly great, they did give Seattle a run. So I don't know. But I think I would Last year they also won against the – no, that wasn't last year. That was two years ago, the double doink. Yeah, yeah, it was. No, I would probably pick Tampa Bay in that matchup. But no, so that's what the that's what it would look like if they went the route of the eight teams right now. Um, obviously, that is just a big old if if you know COVID yeah. forces them to cancel games down the season. But I think it's good to have this contingency I, plan. I will say, I kind of am surprised they didn't cancel the Green Bay Niners game this week. Yeah. Yeah. That that really surprises me. And I that was a risky move to still yeah. go ahead and play that game. And from what I've heard, I haven't heard of anything major coming out of either Green Bay or San Francisco since. But you know, this thing also does have a 14 day incubation period. Yeah. And I think it brings into question how much the NFL understands about COVID or doesn't care about the implications of the incubation period because we could potentially see like you said in in about a week and a half that oh all of a sudden all these players have COVID man what wonder where that came from yeah and by that point those teams have already played again potentially spread it we have a bigger issue yeah so the NFL is kind of uh they're treading a tightrope walk here doing that, but they are playing it fast and loose. Yes. Sir. Actually, it's like, it's not quite fast and loose. It's kind of like uncoordinated and floppy, <laughs> a jaunt. They're kind of like skipping along with it. Not yeah. very fast and loose, but they, they could, they could really tighten it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what comes of all that. Now, this whole playoff expansion idea they put out, um, like I said, I agree that it's a good thing to do. The only thing that it kind of is a setback for, really, is your number one seeds. Uh, It's going to kind of suck for them because they wouldn't get a bye week anymore, um, and everyone would just start at the same time and go from the way I understand it. So that would kind of be – I think the only drawback, but at the same time, you got to break some eggs. You know, we're in a weird year. Uh, All sports have had to make sacrifices. And I think that would just be one that the NFL would have to make. Mm -hmm. That's sometimes you just got to roll with that. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, basketball teams obviously had to give up their home court advantage in the playoffs this year. Certain teams did. And it's just how it is, you know, same in hockey and baseball. It all, it Mm -hmm. all, you know, Everything is weird this year, and they just got to roll with it, like you said. And and honestly, that whoever wins, that might take the quote-unquote asterisk, asterisk. There we go. There you go. Hey. The, the little tiny star. Yeah, they'll, <laughs> they'll take the star off their, off their Super Bowl win because they had to play all the games. Yeah. Yeah. And so they didn't get any time to, well, well, I haven't, I haven't seen, I also haven't looked because I mean, it's the Pro Bowl. 
are they still taking the week off for the Pro Bowl or is that canceled? I think that I think they're calling it on the Pro Bowl this year. I don't think okay. they do it. I don't think anyone so, wants to do it. Yeah. Are they are they playing the Super Bowl that week or are they still taking that week off though? I think they're taking that week off to give them room in case they need to Oh, oh, for flexing games. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think they're going to still take it off, but I think they're just going to ax the Pro Bowl, from what I understand. That it makes sense. Um, so, but still, uh, there's there's not going to be a big rest for these guys. There's there's not going to be a between week sixteen and playoffs. There's not going to be a bye week for mm-hmm. for that first seed team. Yeah. So, like I said, that kind of sucks for them. But that welcome to playing sports in twenty twenty. So, yeah. But I mean, no one can say they they aren't then legitimately the best football team. Yeah, that means they played the best football all during the regular season and they won the bracket. So did did it the hard way for sure. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. But if it does, the NFL at least has a plan. So yeah, I think that's good though that they have a plan. Yeah, that that someone in the organization is thinking about it. Whether or not it is the commissioner. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I think that will serve as a pretty good little transition into college football. If you've got nothing else on the NFL. Um, Any final uh, thoughts, predictions, facts, shout outs, anything? No. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I thought it was funny that the Jets almost beat the Patriots, but. Me too. Boy, shout out to our buddy Kyle Mitchell. I sent him a little text at halftime. And he was uh he was sweating bullets a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. But hey, the Jets are still on pace for my prediction, man. 0 and 16. I've said it many times. They're 0 and 9 right now. I think it's the first time in franchise history, actually, they've ever been 0 and 9. Kind of surprising for them. Yeah. But when I just I cannot believe that they have not fired Adam Gase. Yeah, you're like oh. what what is it gonna take? As I as I see, I had an NFL notification just pop up on my phone. I'm like, watch, this is gonna be it. They 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 canned him. It wasn't. <laughs> it was about Tampa Bay's power rank ranking. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's go ahead to go to college football. Something oh. that I have not even kind of paid attention to this year. So I'm excited to see what you have to say. All right. So um I kind of want to just do a little bit of a kind of just a check-in to see where things sit right now in college football. Uh, The top four teams will make the playoff as always. Uh, I have some gripes with that. Usually I especially have some gripes with that this year, but your top four right now, uh, one is Alabama, two is Notre Dame. I'm going to talk about way more in depth here in a second. Three is Ohio state and four is Clemson. So pretty much your blue bloods again, nothing surprising there, but I want to talk about Notre Dame because they just pulled off a huge upset over Clemson last Saturday night. You know, they had not beaten a number one team in the country since the mid nineties, I think. Um, And let let's, you know, put the caveat there right now. Clemson did not have Trevor Lawrence. He was, uh, unable to play due to COVID. So that definitely helped the cause, but (laughs) you know, uh, in college football, a win is a win. And you know, you need every last one of them really, if you're going to compete for a national championship. So Notre Dame, I want to talk about a little more in depth though, just because of kind of the unique situation that surrounds them. And especially this year, and then something 
that they were stupidly criticized for by uh, Pitt head coach Pat Narduzzi. I probably am pronouncing that horribly wrong. I'll get to that you, in a second. You should, have, you should have practiced before the podcast. I should have. That's I what I do have. every time I know I'm going to talk about Tua Tungavailoa. <laughs> See, you got it down, Pat, man. I, uh, I should have stretched. I should have warmed up because now I'm going to pull a hammy. But, anyway, go ahead. Uh, so Notre Dame is in a very peculiar spot this year because they are normally an independent program. They're not tied to any conference. They don't have any affiliation uh, in football. In basketball, they play in the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference. So that's what they chose to do this year for football. The first time ever, as far as I know, that Notre Dame has aligned themselves with a conference, and they had to because – the all these conferences said hey we're only going to play within our conference this year to limit travel to limit all this stuff well that leaves your teams like BYU and Notre Dame your independence that really leaves them out to dry because year Mm -hmm. in and year out they have to reach out to schools and find open dates and build schedules kind of all over the place now Notre Dame plays pretty heavily out of the ACC anyway but uh, this year and this year alone, they actually officially aligned with the conference. So they are a bona fide ACC member this year, and they've been tearing through it. They are 7-0 and overall. They're 6-0 and in conference play. Why they're ranked number two in the country right now. But earlier this week, Pitt's hmm. hmm. coach, who I'm not even going to attempt his name again because I probably already just slaughtered it, uh, criticized Notre Dame for what I understand he thinks they're flip floppy or not committing to playing in the conference. And and I'll just read you his quote here. He said to me, it's either you play with us or you don't play with us. You know, you'd almost like to boycott them, but if you want to play in the ACC, come play in the ACC. And if you don't want to play, let's not give them five games. Let's let them go play BYU or whoever else they want to play. We shouldn't be giving them games, but they're talented and we would love to have them in the ACC for sure. I'm going to tell you why that is a very stupid, stupid thing to say. First off from of all teams, Pitt, who's three and four right now and not making any national noise whatsoever. Uh, This is essentially I'm mad because they came in and they whipped us. I'm mad because because Notre Dame did absolutely dismantle Pitt earlier this year, 45 to three. And it's like I said earlier, they didn't have a choice. If they wanted to play football this year, they had to align with the conference, and the ACC was the one that made the most sense, okay? They didn't want to do this either, I don't think. You know, there's a lot of Notre Dame fans and alum, and they're very proudly an independent school. They've been one for, you know, I think their entire history, and they started playing football in the 1800s. But Notre Dame knew that they had a chance, a legitimate chance to compete for a national championship this year because they do have a lot of talent on their team. And it starts with quarterback Ian Book, man. He's he's having a really good season right now. And I don't think he's talked about too much. You know, remember that kid's name for uh, the NFL down the road. But my point is to criticize Notre Dame for joining the conference this year and seeing it as some sort of like non-committal thing, uh, it's dumb. 
it's just so dumb because they didn't have like they wouldn't be playing football right now and BYU from what I understand did the same thing I think they joined the Mountain West this year because they you know they need opponents <laughs> they you, you, you can't play a season if you don't have opponents obviously so it's just a dump and to again to come from you know the Pitt Panthers who are three and four right now and maybe not even going to make a bowl game is ridiculous. So I'm kind of personally all on board with Notre Dame this year. Obviously I'm pulling for my Oregon ducks pac 12 is back playing football, but they don't, I don't know if they're going to have enough games to get under their belt to be considered for that top four. So I, I am rooting for Notre Dame this year. It's cool to see a team like that, that uh, could really take it all. Obviously, there's a lot of time between now and the national championship, but yeah, uh, I'm sure Notre Dame is not letting that talk get them down, I guess, if that's even what you could say. Uh, They're doing just fine without the approval of Pitt, and I guess what I'd like to kind of segue into in terms of college football in general is the playoff and the way they handle it. It's something I've had a gripe about before, Justin. I know you know this because I've griped mm-hmm. about it to you before. Oh, yes. Um, and, and we talked about it earlier. All these other sports leagues are entertaining the expanded playoff for this year. So college football, why won't you? Why won't you extend it to an eight-team playoff? An eight-team playoff is still hardly a drop in the bucket in terms of how many teams there are across the country. And yet you're still only going to let the top four in. If they expanded to an 18 playoff right now, uh, like I did with the NFL, I took the courtesy of looking at what those matchups would be. And uh, according to the AP poll this week, you'd have Alabama at number one playing BYU. I think that could be a really good game. BYU is another team. Like I said, normally an independent, but they're also undefeated, having a great year, trying to do enough to get into that top four. Uh, Notre Dame would play number seven Cincinnati out of the American Athletic Conference, a team that also would not normally get considered for a playoff. Ohio State would play Florida, and Clemson would play Texas A&M. The NCAA has never tried to hide the fact that what they really care about is money. I -hmm. think anyone knows that. Uh, and again, I'll ask the question, why not add four more playoff games? Because I you, think, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you get those TV deals, you get those uh, playoff sponsorships. Now I get it. You're probably trying to limit the amount of games that are played this year. I, I understand that, but this is the same thing they've dug their heels in years in the past when a pandemic's not going on. So I think of all years to at least like just do the litmus test of the 18 playoff, this would be it, you know, and you wouldn't have to stick with it if you didn't like it, but I don't see why. I just don't see why they don't try it this year. Uh, And Justin, sorry, I cut you off. You had something to say. I think they they've dug their heels in for so long. I think one of the reasons they won't do it is because if they do it now, it opens it up to being done later. That's the thing. Like if they do it now, what if everyone really likes it? Yeah. And then there's more push down the road to, uh, to uh, expand it even more to at least stick with the eight. Now 
don't tell me people wouldn't watch either because that Notre Dame Clemson game last Saturday night, it drew in 9.44 million viewers, which is about 1 million more than the Lakers heat game six of the NBA finals. Okay. So people care about college football. People will tune in, especially to playoff games. So I, again, I just don't get it. And I would love to see these teams that normally wouldn't be considered uh, for a chance to have that chance. It's like you said earlier in the NFL and you put it beautifully. I couldn't have said it better myself that expanding a playoff will give a team a chance. And unfortunately the way college football works is unless you are one of those uh, blue bloods like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, uh, you're probably not going to be considered even if you have an undefeated season. You know, there's two other teams right now I actually wanted to give my shout-outs to, and I'll do it right now, uh, in college football. Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers are 7-0, and and they're ranked 15th. And then the Liberty Flames, also 7-0, and just had a crazy win over Virginia Tech this last week, uh, ranked 22nd. That's great for them, but unfortunately, teams like that are probably never going to be given the chance to actually compete for a national title, even if they run the table because they are not seen on the same level as Alabama and uh, Ohio State. And in reality, they probably would get beat by Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. But how will we know if they never get the chance? You know, mm-hmm. that's that's my biggest gripe with it. Um, but no, shout out to Coastal Carolina and Liberty, two teams that very recently just moved up to that level of college football. The FBS, they used to play down here in the FCS with uh, us, little old Montana state. So it's cool to see teams like that getting national recognition, having the types of seasons they're having. Uh, They actually play each other at the end of the season. So it's going to be fun game to tune into, but Oh, there's my, there's my college football griping. (laughs) Do do you feel better now that you got it off your chest? For the most part, if, if anyone, uh, if anyone who had that kind of sway was listening, I think I'd feel a lot better. <laughs> but, yeah. I think we need to do an episode just on college football and talk about the, the, oh, the issues with it, the, it, the fallacies involved, things like that. It's a whole different world, man. It's a whole different world. I love college football as much as anybody, but man, it is, it is a, it's a name game. It really is, and it's unfortunate that it is that way. So that's, like I said, that's kind of why I'm rooting for Notre Dame. Obviously rooting for Oregon. Got a big win over Stanford, uh, first win of the season. But reality, Oregon's probably not going to be able to climb the ranks enough to get into the top four by season's end just because they started so late. So uh, I'm all in on Notre Dame. We can put it on the record. Uh, let's go fight an Irish. Raw. Do you have anyone that you uh, – that you would be rooting for. I know you're kind of a Washington Huskies fan just because you're from that area, but yeah. And I, like I said, I, I honestly haven't, haven't paid attention to college football. Um, you know, in the past I've paid attention to the Bobcats, the MSU Bobcats. Um, but this year, especially, I just, I haven't been, so I'll hitch my wagon to, I'll hitch my wagon to the ducks. Why not? Let's go. All right. Ducks. I want to see a ducks. Fighting Irish national championship. Come on, make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> oh, but well, speaking uh, of the ducks, it's, uh, I do want to say Justin Herbert still playing very well. Yeah. Still, uh, 
Still playing Shame well. about the team around him, though. Still can't win a game, but he's still oh, – poor kid. Oh, man, it's rough, man. I feel so bad for him. I've said this before, but I, I you can't help but love the guy, especially me, who is an Oregon fan. I know there's still some people out there, a certain somebody on our friends at the uh, Get Back guys who are not a huge Justin Herbert fan, and if I ever get a chance to be back on their show, I'm going to call them out for it. So <laughs> – and just like that, they crossed your name off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably are going to hear this and be like, oh, no, Jared anymore. We can't deal with that sort of controversy. <laughs> controversy. Oh, I I have a whole speech. I will defend Justin Herbert until my dying breath. So don't say that. You haven't seen everything he's going to do yet. I'm calling it now. Ten Super Bowls. Every year except this year, playoff appearance. Oh, man. I'm not writing them in for a playoff appearance this year. But You're going to find out that Justin Herbert, like, oh, no. farts on frogs or something <laughs> real weird or bad. And, like, I, I had to think of something bad to say that actually wouldn't be bad because I don't want to put that kind of evil voodoo out in the world. <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't signal when merging lanes. Oh my God. Okay. If he actually, if he, that is actually something he does, I would hate him. <laughs> All right. We're not, we are in no way stating that as fact. Okay. We are just wildly speculating here. No, he's uh so Jared is, is he doesn't signal when he merges lanes going to be in next week's intro. Uh, very well could be. Very <laughs> well could be. Uh, I might have to cut that one out. Yeah. And use it. But you know, as long as, I don't even like saying this, but as long as honestly he puts together a career that's uh, more fruitful than Marcus Mariota's, um, another guy that had so much hype coming out of Oregon uh, a while back. It's just been tough to watch for me as a big Mariota fan. Um, you know, just never between the injuries and the constant turnover with coaches and just could never put it together fully in the NFL. Uh, another guy who I'm always going to root for no matter where he goes, but I, I do hope that Justin Herbert's career turns into something, uh, something that yields a little more, more fruitful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Hey, believe me, the, the same quarterback class. I also had a big disappointment from F- FSU. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, got Mr. Eat the W. So. Hey, at least uh, people are going to remember him for something. <laughs> That is true, you know. I think, or not Justin Herbert. I hope not Justin Herbert. I think Marcus Mariota could kind of fade into the obscurity of NFL history when all is said and done. But hey, Herbert should win this week. The Chargers play the Jets, so let's go. <laughs> oh man, if they lose to the Jets, <laughs> let me tell you what's going to be my upsetting game if they lose to the Jets. I think if anyone loses to the Jets, that's going to be our upsetting game. Both of us. It, it better be. I don't know what would top that. So. It wouldn't have been upsetting this week. I would have been happy to see the Jets beat the Patriots. Yeah, me too, man. Me. <laughs> to be fair, too, Joe Flacco was looking pretty good. They gave him a run, man. They The Jets had a 10-point lead. Uh, the Jets in, got wacko with Flacco, brother. Wacko with Flacco. Say that again so we can cut that and use it. Wacko with Flacco. Oh, beauty. We are getting so much good audio drops tonight. <laughs> I, I I don't know that I can take credit for that because I think I've seen it somewhere before, but I don't know exactly where. Nah, it's yours. We'll say it's yours. <laughs> no, it's uh, – man, I don't know. It's just been such a wild year in the NFL. 
such a it wild year. Um, I think even if there wasn't COVID stuff going on, the things we're seeing in the NFL right now are uh, just a crazy way to ring in the 2020s, I guess, as far as football goes. So, ugh. I I don't know if I've got anything else. <laughs> I I don't think I do. I got my shout outs out of the way for college football. Uh, wouldn't be an episode of the expansion buddies. If we didn't rag on the jets a little bit, we got that out of the way. Yeah, We, got, we always got to do that. I mean, yeah. they, sh- they should just be better. We got to set all. aside five That's minutes all. every episode. Just, uh, just our jets rants. Yeah. I don't think I've got any shout outs this week, honestly. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. It's just one of those weeks. Uh, stay tuned, everybody, because we will have in a couple weeks uh, a pre-recorded special Thanksgiving Day episode for you guys, since that will be on a Thursday, the day we air stuff. Um, stay tuned for that. A very uh, is, is that next week or the week after? Two weeks from now. Uh, two weeks from now. So we got we got one more regular episode between then. But uh, just wanted to give everyone a little heads up that that will be coming your way before too very long. Yep. I hope you like talking turkey. Yeah, uh, because we sure do. Because it will be a special turkey-centric episode. No football. We're just talking turkey. What gravy goes with it? Mashed potatoes or stuffing? Turkey, turkey, turkey. (laughs) Yeah. Just kidding. We're going to be talking about Thanksgiving football. I was going to say, when has football ever been important on Thanksgiving? (laughs) Uh, yeah, so that'll be coming up down the road for you guys. Um, but I think that's going to about wrap us up for tonight. Thank you yeah. all for listening. Uh, thank you for listening wherever you listen from, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. That can uh, with a string, I run out my window. Yep, the cardboard box down the street. Anywhere you listen, uh, we are going to be there for you every Thursday, as always. Uh, be sure to f- drop us a follow on Twitter at the expansion BU one. We would love to hear from you guys. In fact, I think there may be a poll or two coming up this week that may get you featured in next week's podcast or that, Ooh. that week's podcast. I, Justin, have, I have some ideas. Justin with the T's. I like it. I like it. Keep your eye out on Sunday or Monday. Ooh, all right. See, I listeners, I don't even know what he's talking about, honestly. So this is just as exciting for me as it should be for you. <laughs> all right. Um, but I think that's all. So Jared, thanks for joining me today. I was, it was like <laughs> another fun episode. You're welcome, and everybody. Buddy. Let's never forget. Party like it's 1976. <laughs>